listening to the Art of Fulfillment podcast. We interview the world's most fulfilled people to share with you the strategies, techniques, and ideas that can help you master your own art of fulfillment. Life isn't about external success. It's all about fulfillment. Or in other words, how you feel about yourself when you are by yourself. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Art of Fulfillment Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm really excited for you to hear this episode with Josh Trent. It was amazing. It was awesome. We learned a lot, and he even challenged my own definition of fulfillment. So um, I was pretty shocked by his answer. I thought it was really, really awesome, and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. But before we get into the episode, I just want to take one minute to present you guys with an opportunity that I think is going to absolutely make 2020 an incredible year for you. So let me ask you a question. When you ever set big goals for your life or have strived down the path of fulfillment, did those big goals and quite frankly, that path of fulfillment lead to massive stress in your life, such as fear of failure, fear of not getting everything done, the pressure that comes on from taking on these new challenges and tasks and ultimately trying to find yourself? Well, I know that at least I have in my life, and I still feel it to this day. But what I did was I learned all that I possibly could through neuroscience and psychology and, and biology to find out what is the root cause of stress and how do we get to the bottom of it so we can heal it in a way that's going to allow us to have long-term sustainable stress management because there's so many techniques and and different things out there nowadays that are short-term solutions to stress that calm you down in the moment but then tomorrow you get all frazzled up again so basically what I did was I compiled everything that I learned from going from someone who's super anxious having nervous breakdowns all the time and breaking out in hives and ultimately preventing me from taking action to someone who can flip on the switch to calmness to equanimity and to ultimately control of my life so that I can pursue my path of fulfillment and I take took all what I learned and I'm presenting you in a online masterclass called the conquering stress masterclass it's amazing you get five hours of video you get a workbook and you get a bunch of cool bonuses if you sign up today with it such as an ebook that I wrote on how to sleep get better sleep and a better quality of sleep um, tickets to our online conquering stress live seminar that we're going to have in winter 2020 and you're also going to get a printable journal as well which is going to be awesome and it you all get it for a very very cheap price of 37 dollars so if you want this go to www.conqueringstressclass.com the link is also in the description um it's www.conqueringstress.com and um if you do not see a reduction in your stress after taking this class i will give you your money back you have 30 days to go through the course implement the techniques and if you don't see stress i will give you your full 37 dollars back no questions asked all right guys thank you so much and remember Create a fulfilling life and do it in a way where you don't have stress getting in the way. Today's guest is Josh Trent, who is the founder of Wellness Force Media and host of the top-ranked iTunes podcast, Wellness Force Radio. Josh has spent the past 17 years as a researcher, trainer, and facilitator discovering the physical and emotional intelligence for humans to thrive in our modern world. After publishing over 300 high-level interviews with some of the most respected minds in the health, wellness, and self-help industries, Josh has been spotlighted in major wellness media outlets such as Onnit, Spartan Race, Seal and paleo fx and josh is really really just a beautiful human being um you know from the inside and has an amazing message and again he challenged my notion of fulfillment which is how you feel about yourself when you're by yourself but he went a little deeper on that so i'm excited for you to listen so without further ado josh trent welcome to the art of fulfillment podcast joe let's get fulfilled Absolutely, man. I love it. <laughs> right off the bat. And yeah, we were talking about the show, how I just stumbled upon your world, um, you know, a year ago, like looking through uh, Mark Devine's content, seeing you on there and then exploring into your world. And I just, I love everything that you're about. And I love the mission and not just the mission that you're serving, but the, the genuine want to help people that you come from, I think is just so powerful. And what I think is really interesting is that, you know, you had a journey where it, it wasn't always that way. And, and you weren't kind of like born with this kind of uh, purpose, so to say, like right off the bat, like you had to go through your own kind of journey to find yourself yeah. and get to the belief. So could you give us and our listeners um, a little bit of background to your whole story and how you came to start Wellness Force and to become the person that you are today? 
Well, the person I am today um, is going to be totally different than the person tomorrow, three years from now, five years from now. And that's the evolution that we're all on, Joe. And I think if people are looking for fulfillment, the first place to start, and this relates to your question and my story, is to look at what was of service and to look at what happened for me instead of to me. So I'm Mm -hmm. going to share some things that the logical egoic mind could say, oh, they happened to me. But, but looking back with that lens of fulfillment and service, I know now that they happened for me. You know, I was born uh, two, two weeks. I was born at two weeks after I was born, I was put in an incubator. I was born uh, four pounds, 11 and a half ounces. So I was born very Jeez. premature. So from the very early start, like I, life was a challenge. I was in an incubator. Like I went home, my mom had manic bipolar and my dad left and Love my parents, done a lot of work on my parents, love them with all my heart because they did everything from their heart as well. But it was challenging, you know, because my mom didn't have necessarily the tools, the physiological tools, the dietary tools, the, the movement tools, you know, all the things that keep people fulfilled. My mom didn't have those tools. So what happened is I had a lot of stress. I didn't know how to deal with that stress. And I found uh, food, which is a massive drug, mm-hmm. ate a bunch of food, started to realize that I could quell my feelings by eating food. That led me to flash forward. I'm 21, dude. I'm in a job I hate. I'm in a body that's almost 280 pounds. I'm in a relationship that wasn't serving me. Like everything was just a clear indicator. Like get the, can we, can we curse on the show or is this? Absolutely, man. Let it fly. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Everything in the universe said, get the fuck out. (laughs) So (laughs) what happened was I was drinking at a party and it was one of those uh, red beer pong cups, you know, where you play the beer pong. And I was just, I had this moment where I just, I put the beer cup down and I just felt this lightning bolt come in and it, and it, shared me this message. It was spirit. It was higher intelligence. And it said, there's more to life than this. Uh, Cause I knew at the bottom of my soul that I wasn't leading my life. Well, my food mm-hmm. choices, my mindset, my friends, everything in my life was like ripe for change. I slammed the cup down. I ran home drunk like three miles and I got home and I typed in like, how do I be healthy? And that led me to like two years of losing weight, gaining weight, trying to figure out how to just be healthy, how to just be myself. And I got so frustrated with that, that I just sold everything I owned, moved to Hawaii and uh, surfed and hiked and fished and just spent time with Josh in nature. Mm. And that led me towards fitness, which is really the gateway for wellness. And Mm -hmm. I found fitness and personal training, did that for 10 years. And at the end of that, let that go, went to corporate America, committed spiritual suicide, got the gift of being fired one day because I wasn't uh, really stepping into my dream. I wasn't really facing the fears that were inside me around creating what I knew was possible, wellness force. And so in 2014, um, I had this tremendous experience where I had sound bowls on my body. I had just gotten fired from that job that gave me the gift of, of being fired. And I started crying, man. And I drove home and I was like, what is this? Like, why am I crying? Like, what, what, why did I get fired? What's all this happening for? Which is what happens to a lot of us on the path of fulfillment. We get our asses kicked to the ground. And it's this journey of understanding why we're getting that pain in contrast. And for me, that was the starting of Wellness Force Radio and really taking Wellness Force seriously from a heart-based perspective. Mm. And uh, it's been almost five years now of the podcast. And um, it would not have happened if I didn't get that spiritual beat down and if I wasn't really having the courage, if I wasn't cultivating the courage to move forward, you know, to, mm-hmm. to launch what I thought was possible. So that's kind of the smaller story, even though it covered 30 plus years. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, yeah. man. No, and that was a great story. Thank you so much for sharing. And I think it's so cool how one, when you were at that party where you just got so fed up and frustrated, but you were like, I'm going to do something about it as opposed to getting fed up and frustrated and being like, Hey, like, you know, this is my life. This is what it is. Like you were like, I can get myself out of this. And eventually like you did, which I thought was so cool. And then the second part, which I thought was absolutely beautiful was when you were saying you reframed, you know, that job firing in a way that was like a gift, right? Cause yeah. firing at a job, like that's something that can cause like massive stress on people. And they can see that as something that's like a curse, right? Instead. Sure. So, so in that kind of like reframing, like, was that something where, you know, in the moment, did it seem like, you know, like, did you have the insight that this is going to serve you one day? Or was that something that came over time? And, and kind of like, how does that apply to when you see like things like now today? Like, do you kind of like look for the benefit in it right in the situation? Or is it always kind of like a hindsight thing? I think the majority of my lessons have come 
when I've met the most resistance to them. In other mm. words, when I resist something, it persists. And it's not just because Napoleon Hill said that. <laughs> something will happen and it'll be very painful or it'll be very uncomfortable and I'll resist it for a while. And then finally, when I literally cannot resist it anymore, the pain teacher will come. And when the pain teacher comes, then I go through the lesson. Mm. And sometimes it takes a week two weeks, a month, and maybe even a year to really look back and see the lesson for what it was. But in, the main thing that I really believe is most important is spending time to let the lesson be absorbed and not trying to spiritually bypass the lesson by saying, okay, I know why I've learned this lesson now. I know mm-hmm. why I've gone through the shit. It's like, you need to go through the shit first before right. you can get to the top of the mountain and see why you went through the shit. You can't be in the shit going, I know why I'm here. I know why this is happening. You have to experience <laughs> being in the shit. Right. So I hope that answered your question. No, it does for sure. And, and so like to kind of take that into like when you're going through the actual shit and like, like, is that something that you're kind of like keeping in the mind? Like you're like, I know this is going to mean something one day or is, are there any kind of like other things that kind of kept you going through the shit during that, not just that rough period in your life, yeah. but the other, um, you know, tough things that you've been through, like what kind of kept you going and gave you hope along the way? Because in my life, I've been in a spot personally at times where it just seems like the only answer is to like give up or something like that. Right. And I know there's other people who reach out to me and saying like, Hey, like it seems like the only answer is to give up, but for you, it doesn't seem that way. So what kind of keeps you going in those times? Well, it's actually a paradox because when, when I had this massive um, falling out with a a mentor in 2011, it was around finance. Mm -hmm. It was around um, what you and I were speaking about before we even recorded, you know, like is money being of service or am I having a negative mindset around money? Mm. And what happened was, is that I completely had this deleterious aspect to self-sabotage when it came to money. Hmm. And so that self-sabotage piece came from my early child in printing. And that was, I was raised on welfare, money was always tight, money doesn't grow on trees. And I formulated these three big beliefs that I promise we'll get back to your question because this is a little preframe. 100%, yeah. The, the beliefs were money causes pain, people can't be trusted and expect the worst to happen. So you could imagine with those three beliefs, you know, how much stress I was feeling on, on a daily basis for so long. It's what drove me to gain weight. It's what drove me to not feel my emotions. It's what drove a lot of addictions. And so unpacking that and seeing the darkest parts of that, that actually led me to go back to corporate America because I wasn't ready to face those beliefs. That's the truth. I wasn't ready to face them. Then to get my ass kicked and be fired, to then be pushed so down into the earth that I had to decide I'm either going to love myself and trust that things are going to work out or I'm going to give up. I'm going to be just a cog in a wheel. I'm going to be in the matrix and I'm just going to like be an automaton, right? Your question was, when I'm in this shit, what allows me to go through that shit and keep going? It's because I gave up enough in the shit to know what it feels like. Mm. And I'll never go back to that again. I'll never go back to being someone else's thumbtack. I'll never go back to being a cog in a wheel. I'll never go back to how incredibly depressing and dark and horrific it felt to give up, be someone else's servant, give away my power to other people and other things. That feeling, that feeling that I feel even right now talking about it in my solar plexus is what Carl Jung calls the shadow. Hmm. Most people that don't explore their shadow, they end up fueling dreams for other people. And that's really the truth about what keeps people going through their own dreams is they've given up enough and they just fucking decide, they just decide that no matter what happens, I'll sleep on my friend's couch, I'll do whatever it takes, I'll literally sacrifice whatever it takes so that I don't have to experience that dark contrast again. That way, when someone's in the shit and when I'm in the shit, no matter how hard it is, I remember the promise I kept to myself and I remember how hard it was to be in the shit before when I gave up. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, dude. I got the chills listening to that story. That was so cool. And it's really, it's really powerful. And I love how you started right from the belief part because like, really like our beliefs are everything right beliefs like shape our perception our perception is essentially our reality and to tie that into you know how you were able to use the the experiences that you've had living under that beliefs as something that's saying like hey i don't want to like go there anymore i don't want to do this anymore and that kind of keeps you from going through like 
or keeps you going through the shit because you know what the alternative is. You know it's pain. And yeah. as we both know, the brain will do whatever it takes to avoid pain and gain pleasure. And so sure. I think the combination of all that is so awesome. And to kind of go back into the beliefs a little bit, I love how you were like really specific on the three ones that were really screwing you up. Um, and of course, I have my own limiting beliefs that I'm still consciously trying to work every single day to get rid of. And so do our listeners as well. How did you learn how to either conquer those beliefs or, or you know, destroy them, whatever the terminology that you want to use? Like, what, is that, what did that process look like for you in order to overcome those beliefs so you can live to your highest potential and who you truly are at your core? I didn't know it at the time. And by the way, this is a continuous process. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the degrees of beliefs are so unexplored in the subconscious that even if one tried to figure out why they're doing what they're doing, they wouldn't know because they haven't actually dove in there mm -hmm. and seen what the knowing and where the knowing comes from. So that's, that's the first thing. And what happened for me is that I started to go down this path of emotional intelligence trainings. You know, I did a mastery in transformational training in LA. I started to read more books like David Dita's The Way of the Superior Man. I started to understand that I wasn't getting the results I wanted. I mean, that's mm -hmm. really it, man. You know, it was just, again, the universe brings us contrast to fuel us towards what we actually believe, what our heart's leading us to. So everyone that's watching or listening, like universe is going to give you some contrast, my friend. It's going to mm -hmm. continually serve it up like fucking pancakes. And you're <laughs> going to eat that contrast for breakfast. And eventually you're going to decide, all right, I'm sick of this. You're going to spit it out. You're going to spit out the contrast. You're going to be like, what else is there? And that's going to spark curiosity in you. And that's why I do the show. And that's why you and I are here. And that's what led me to Mark Divine. And that's what led me to all these other experiences that I've had where I put myself in situations that challenged me eating those shitty pancakes, right? Like mm -hmm. actually looking at, okay, why am I not in a relationship? Why do I not have the health I want? Why do I keep having business failures? Why do I keep having relationships with other people that don't work out? Like really taking an honest look. Mm -hmm. And that inventory process for me was over the culmination of the past seven years, like seven years of just one thing after the other, programs, books, and lectures. And I'll say one of the biggest things that happened for me was plant medicine, you know, plant mm -hmm. medicine at Rhythmia Life Advancement Center and even just ayahuasca in general, mm -hmm. plant medicines, they'll bring your ass right to the truth. I mean, there's nowhere to hide in a medicine ceremony. So, right. so in the combination of books, interviews and emotional intelligence trainings and breath work and plant medicine, um, there have been probably three or four pivotal moments of this learning and this reframing going back to your question. And they really touched why are we here? What am I going to do before I die? And how do I enjoy this process? Like, how do I actually just enjoy life? How do I live mm -hmm. my life well? Which is the mm -hmm. whole message behind Wellness Force. And it's a, it's a pretty nuanced story, man. But it was honestly just putting myself into the fire to see what was there, to actually see what was going to come up. Right. I love that, man. I love that so much. And I can't, I cannot resonate with that story even more because I, I, it's the same thing for me too. Like always put myself in the shit, in the tough situations to figure out. Yeah. Like I know that's why one of the reasons why I did like 20 X, right. Cause that obviously sucks. And for those listening, we're not sure what it is. It's basically like what, 14 hours of just nonstop yeah. physical, brutal training, like modeled after Navy SEAL Hell Week. It's, yeah. it's crazy stuff. So I can totally resonate with that. And I think it's something that is not intuitive enough to people that like putting yourself in difficult situations is actually going to lead to happier or more fulfilling life. And I think, yeah. I think the kind of counter to that with a lot of people is like, well, I want to make my life easier or anything like that. So it seems a little counterintuitive. So I love that you pointed that out there. <laughs> the counterintuitiveness is because the, the, the ego or the heart is running the show. A really mm -hmm. good book of reference that I've used for transformation is um, Hawkins letting go. Mm. So in, in letting go Hawkins talks about the space between the head and the heart. And from, for a lot of people, that space can feel miles long when really it's about 12 to 18 inches, depending on how big you are, you know? Right. And what I mean by this is we all have this inner guidance system. We have this heart that has feeling and we have mirror neurons in our heart that actually can connect with other people. I mean, science is showing that the, the way that our heart breathes literally and the way that our body can connect with other people is through these mirror neurons. 
And also too, just the fact that we're all here connected on planet earth together. This is a mm. big piece of, of what allows people to actually go to the thing where they're in the shit that allows their heart to lead instead of their ego. Cause anybody can go do 20 X or, or things that are hard, but how do you actually let your heart decide how you're going to respond to it instead of your ego? One of the things they do in 20X is they strip down your ego, right? Mm -hmm. and, and in the YouTube video, the documentary that we did with SealFit, where, where I told my story was, wow, at the very end of it, I realized that when I'm suffering, it's my ability to respond to the suffering and connect with the other people that are around me, mm -hmm. my teammates, my human beings, that we're all kind of suffering together. Everybody's fucking suffering in some way. So if we can just be honest about that. Like, Hey, shit's really hard sometimes. And we're not going to placate it. We're not going to put on like this fake ass happy face and be like, like everything's perfect, man. I'm just going to focus on the positive, you know, good <laughs> vibes only. It's, it's total bullshit right. where you really learn about your character and where you really learn about if your head's going to lead or if your heart's going to lead is when you go do stuff like the 20 X, when you get in an argument with your spouse, when you're stressed at work, like that's when the ego is going to come up and be like, Oh, look at all these people. Look at all these things happening to me. It's mm -hmm. more like, well, why is this happening for me? And can I just have the emotional resilience to withstand the suck? Right, right, exactly. And I love how you brought the people aspect in it too, because I think suffering by yourself versus suffering, knowing that A, other people are suffering in the same situation or with you, whether yep. they're like in close proximity or maybe even, you know, halfway across the country, like just knowing that there's a common element of suffering in the same situation that you're in, I think can really help people because it's like, I'm not alone. And that's, that's so powerful. Yeah. Well, loneliness is, uh, loneliness is, it's, it's an emotion that's a guidepost. Mm. Uh, you know, one of the things that you asked is you said, what helped me get through the mud? What helped me get through the shitty parts and, and what have been the benchmarks along the way? One of the biggest benchmarks along the way was just seeing how my reaction to my stress disconnected me from being there for people I loved and cared about. Mm. And that's a, that's a really big one because I'm not saying that we should or should not do anything when it comes to stress. All I'm saying is it's our loving responsibility to ourselves to manage our stress as, as efficiently as possible with breath work and with just conscious communication and with all the other tools that are out there. If, if we're doing our, our best to just communicate, just, just be open, that, that's been one of the biggest tools. Openness mm -hmm. when I'm feeling a trigger openness, mm. love when I'm feeling fear. Right. That's a big one, man. And there's no workshop needed for that. It's just the practice of it. Right. So is it something that we just all like have like in, in our core? Is it something that needs to be, like you said, like it, there's no workshop. Is it, is it something that we need to learn, but, or is it something that, you know, we as humans just naturally have in us? Well, we all have it. It's just remembering that it's there. So mm. the workshops and the trainings, they just remind us of what's there. Because mm -hmm. when you're a baby and you came into the world, when like little Joe was born, little Joe was like, oh, I love this breast milk. <laughs> you know, I love being <laughs> held. I love playing in the field. It's just, it's naturally there. You don't have to train a baby to enjoy their life. You don't have to train a young kid to enjoy anything. They just, they just, that's just what they do. Right. What happens is as adults, as men and women is, is we get these subconscious memories. We have what's called a soul split at some point. Mm. We have a trauma, we have an event, we have maybe multiple soul splits where our subconscious mind gathers evidence that we're not loved, we're not supported, we're, we're lost. And we're never fucking lost. I mean, that's the whole point. There, there's no such thing as being lost. We might feel like we're lost. I might feel like, oh my God, I have no idea how I'm going to create this coaching program, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. I have no idea how I'm going to get through a 14-hour crucible. I have no idea how I'm going to fill in the blank that's the whole point is you don't have to know how to do it. If you can just connect with coming at it from that child's heart, the one that when you came into the world that already knew how to play, it already knew how to connect to that love. That's the work, man. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not being like, Oh, just love. <laughs> just, just flick a light switch and love. It's, love is not a light switch. Like right. love takes compassion and understanding and practice and putting the work in every single day. Mm -hmm. and there's no way around that training, you know, and that, and that training can be done in events or it can be done just in conversations too. Right. Exactly. Oh man. I, t I so agree with that. And, and you're right. It is something that is not easy, especially when we've 
lived in a whole nother mode for like, like take it like for some people, 20, 40 years, right? Like not operating from a place of love to make that yeah. shift where your default is love. I mean, that's, it's going to take time. It's like a never ending process. Like you said, I think it's just so awesome. And to be able to have like a daily practice, like where you can kind of cultivate those things, like, or train your brain to make them more familiar, I think is really beautiful. So do you think, do you have any practices that would help someone to do that if they wanted to operate from a place from love more on like whether it's a daily basis weekly basis like what are kind of some of the practices that you know you use in your life to help to connect to that um you know more frequently i got the best one we can all do it together right now so breathe out breathe all your air out now breathe in huge through your nose and fill your belly just hold that just hold that for five seconds Relax your body and just let it go. (laughs) You do that six times and that's the deepest form of self-care you can give yourself in any moment. Mm. It's just that. This is the most powerful thing anyone can do. It's free. You don't need anything. Mm -hmm. Just breathe in through your nose big. Hold it for five seconds. Breathe out for five seconds and just do it six times. Mm. Science shows us that the vagal nerve gets pushed on, which then is pressed through our diaphragm. And then that down regulates the sympathetic nervous system, which then gives us that feeling of relaxation. Mm-hmm. We can't make any choices from self-love if we're holding our breath. Like I can't love myself if I'm going like this. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm forcing it. So it's, it's learning how to do that all throughout the day. And especially in these moments uh, like 20 X or like, being triggered or being in an argument to just pause, you know, that's the number one thing. And mm-hmm. this is why with wellness force, we so we focus so much on breath work because if, if you can't breathe, you can't choose anything. You know, right. this is why it's, it's tattooed on my arm, which means if I can breathe, I can choose. It's, it's real for all of us. You know, if we can remind ourselves to, <sighs> Whatever comes after that is going to be closer from the heart. It might not be perfect, but mm-hmm. it's definitely not going to be from the head. You know? Right. So that's, that's the best free, most powerful practice out there. There's many more, but that's, that's the number one. Right. Oh man. I love that so much. And yeah, I mean, like I first got into breathwork too from Mark Divine, and like literally like it was so transformative on my end too. When I first started implementing, you're like, wow, I've had this tool my entire life too. And we're never like taught to use it as something that can um, not only like physically relax us, but make us more ourselves and operate from that place of, uh, of, of who we really are. And, and from a place of love, I think like it's so connected. Like one of the quotes that I love is like the breath is basically the bridge between, you know, the mind, the body and the soul. Like it's all together. Like, I think it's just so like cool. And like you said, like it can even help you get through like tough times, whether it's 20, 20 X or conversation with someone, like you just breathe and like, here you are. Right. Um, which is actually really interesting too, because the breath always makes me think of like, it's present and, um, and you know, wherever you are, like, that's where you'll go, I think is, is the quote that they, I think I've heard you say that in one of your things before. So like, how does that kind of concept like relate to everything we've been talking about? Because today in my kind of, in my life, I have people close to me who have been traveling all over the world, kind of like looking for something or escaping for something like, because they're like, Oh, like, you know, my hometown sucked or everything like that. And you, I know that you did that, you know, partially with the Hawaii trip. So can you kind of explain that concept and, um, you know, just, just kind of, yeah, I guess just shed some light on that. It's really interesting. Italian grandmas are, are very wise. And I remember my grandma when, when I was 20, 23 years old, 24 years old, I was about to to go to Hawaii and she was Mm -hmm. like, Oh, why are you going to Hawaii? You know, with like that, that grandmother look. (laughs) And I was like, well, you know, I'm just not happy here. And like, I I know there's something more out in this world and I'm going to find it. I'm going to find what happiness is. I'm going to find why I'm here. And she said, that's, that's great. Do that. But wherever you go, there you are, Mm. wherever you go, there you are. And I was like, damn, grandma dropping wisdom, you know, like, (laughs) because it's true. Now, granted, there's a duality and a paradox with everything. So not everything people say is fully true and not everything people say is not true, (laughs) which is, listen to that three times. Not everything I'm saying is true and 
a lot of things that I'm saying, they're definitely true. It just depends on whatever level of consciousness and awareness someone's at when they hear it. So at that level of awareness, I was like, all right, that's kind of true, grandma. I'm still going to go do it though. <laughs> so what I found out there was that, yes, I did take all my things out there, but here's the thing. When we change our environment, when we go into a new environment, it does open and yield new possibilities of discovery. Right. Mm -hmm. We can't discover the same thing if we're in the same town that we hate. We can't discover a new thing if we're on the couch. We can't explore and discover our intelligence, physical, emotional, spiritual, if we're in a job that we continuously hate and we're not willing to change. Like, mm -hmm. and that's why the universe brings us contrast because it wants us to go towards what our heart is feeling called to. It wants that for us. Right. But it, it's, the, it's our resistance to it that really buckles us and shackles us to be a prisoner in our own mind and a prisoner in our own lives. So this concept of wherever you go, there you are. It's true, Joe. And it's not true, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, because wherever you go is a new place. So you can right. go to a new place with the same beliefs and the same stories. Potentially that environment could bubble up that bullshit mm -hmm. and allow you to throw it up so that you actually do step into this new version of yourself. So Nothing is a golden ticket. You're not going to move somewhere and all of a sudden your life is going to transform, but you can go to a new place and get massive new mirrors of mindfulness and potentially there could be transformation if you're, if you're courageous enough to step into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree, man. Like I, I definitely can see the benefit of being able to travel and looking at new experiences and seeing what else is yeah. out there because you're not just in this bubble, right? Like in that small town, maybe yes. someone grew up in or, or like just that same, you know, office or something like that, like over and over again, it's when you expand your mind to new places, you, like you said, and I thought it was awesome was new possibilities. And I really love that you touch on the, the duality of things. That's something mm. that I've had to learn in my own life, like especially in the personal development journey, because like I'll learn one thing and then like yeah. the, the life will have a funny way of just saying, well, it's true, but it's not totally true. And then to kind of balance conflicting ideas in your head, I think is, is such a useful skill to have when you're kind of learning about things and developing not just rules, but belief systems, right? Like, like a belief system is that same thing. Like you have the duality in there too. Like, and I think it's a very important skill to develop. Yeah, because life is so multi-layered and so much, there's so much context here. I mean, this, even the art of fulfillment, like think about what fulfillment actually is. Like, how would you define fulfillment? Right. For me, I, I like to define it by Tom Bilyeu's definition of it, because I think it's awesome, is it's how you feel about yourself when you're by yourself. So like mm -hmm. the way that I would measure it from that is like being like when I'm by myself, like even if no one ever, you know, like saw me or knew what I was up to or anything. Can I like look back on my life and be like, wow, I'm, I'm just really feeling not great, but you feel like a connection with yourself and that you made your life one that you can look back and be like, you know, I want to keep experiencing life today, but if a meteor came through and just killed me today, I, I serve my purpose here or something like that. Okay. So that's how I would define it. How about you? Well, are you open to me planting a seed in your garden on that? hundred percent, man. Okay. And I think this will serve people too, because one thing that I heard you say is when you look back, you'll want to feel a sense of pride and a sense of, um, what was the other emotion that you said? Um, connection, I connection, would say. Yeah. Connection. Okay, cool. So what would you say that connection is, what, what is human connection really for? Like what's the purpose of human connection? Oh, wow. That's a, that's something I actually never really thought about. What's the purpose of human connection? I, to well, feel you get love. two podcasters on the show, man. We're going to, we're going to go there. I know? love it. I love it. I, I would say to feel love or to, okay, to perfect. Feel you just hit community. the nail on the head. It only took us two questions. <laughs> Typically it takes people five questions to get to what you just said. So you're already like way above the learning curve and everyone <laughs> here is, is learning this with us. Yeah. The purpose of life is to lead it from a place of love and figure mm. out what that actually means to us. That's mm -hmm. the purpose of life, my friends. It ain't complicated. It feels complicated and life is going to give you massive contrast to make sure you're, you're really connected to why you love something. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, true fulfillment and, and the reason that we're all here is to love and to learn and just to live, just to yeah. do this thing. Everybody's looking for some grand purpose. Like I got to be a millionaire. I got to be like, have a boat. And like, I got to be like the Wolf of Wall Street. I got to be like Tom Bilyeu. I got to be like all these people. And it's like, you don't, and you should or should not, you don't have to do any of that if it's not aligned. If it's not aligned, mm -hmm. man. 
like that's the whole point of it all is doing something that you really feel love for and that you love yourself enough to do doing mm-hmm. something that you really feel love for and loving yourself enough to do whatever work is necessary to be the person that can do that. That's mm-hmm. fulfillment. You know, yes. that's real fulfillment. And there's big learning curves along the way. And that's our whole purpose of being here. Yeah. Wow. And thank you so much for, for sharing that and for, for challenging my own thinking on that, because I think there is that sense of like, yeah, sure. Like I believe like it's how you feel about yourself when you're by yourself, but I think it is impossible to feel good even by yourself if you didn't have some sort of love and connection with other people. That's like kind of like the paradox. And I love that you planted that seed in there and made me think about that because it's so true. Cause I, when I think about the most special times in my life, it's usually when I was either with someone in a connecting or loving manner in some way, shape or form. Like sure. There was a times where I had like my own personal victories and like was all by myself. But like when I think about like what I was most grateful for is like the people who helped me along the way and the connectedness that I felt. And did I come from a place or love or not like determine yeah. whether or not that action was, you know, like really something that would fulfill me. What do you think Steve jobs really felt in his heart? five minutes before he died. I mean, that's that, that right there is at the crux of everything we're discussing today. You know, like we don't really know how he felt, but if I had to pontificate, if I had to guess how he felt, I bet you he felt deep remorse for the way Mm. that he treated people and for the way that he put, you know, driving success over human connection. Mm-hmm. If you look at his life, this, this was not, and this is not a judgment for me to him, but just from what I know and what I've seen, which that's open to interpretation too. He did not seem to me like he was a heart-based, emotionally intelligent, really heart-based service leader in the world. At mm-hmm. some point that success started to eat him mm-hmm. and it started to atrophy his, his connection of head and heart. Mm-hmm. And I don't ever want to be like that. I don't, I don't ever want to get to a place where I'm so white knuckled in my success that I lose my head heart connection. Like we're going to be challenged. It's going to be hard. That's and that's inevitable. There's no way around that. But you know, since this is the fulfillment conversation and fulfillment and purpose, they're so closely related. We also get to remember that everyone's purpose is unique and different, mm. you know, and, and, and allowing someone's purpose to unfold. It is such a nuanced process and it takes so much emotional intelligence and physical intelligence and spiritual intelligence to let, to allow that thing to unfold. It's a life's journey, man. And, and, and that's really why we're here is, is to experience all of that. Yeah. Oh man, that was awesome. That was so cool. And I love that you brought in Steve jobs in that too, because he is a definition of someone who by, I think society's norms, success, right? Success. Bunny years y'all. Right. Bunny years success. Exactly. And yeah. But like people, and one of the reasons why I started this podcast is because I saw all these podcasts on success and making money and how to, you know, start a business that's going to help you quit your job in 30 days. Like all those podcasts are out there. But then I think about it and I'm like, there are so many millionaires and sometimes billionaires who are committing suicide and like who are, you know, just so miserable. So like, I know because of that, that money is not, and like material things is not going to lead to on itself, a purposeful life, a meaningful life. Like there's something more to that. And I love that you brought the Steve Jobs example in there because it helps to illustrate that so much more. Money is a means to provide for people we care about and to bring things into the world that we think uh, will, will have meaning. That's really mm-hmm. what money is. Right. Money, money gets bastardized because of greed. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, and greed is part of that duality. You know, look at a yin yang, right? Look at light, dark, look at teams that, that play on a football field. There's always one winner and one loser. There's always duality in every present moment in life. And so what happens is, is with money is people start to see money based on their beliefs from childhood. Like for myself, I was raised on welfare. So I had a, a huge money wound. I mean, a deep money wound that I'd dude, I just got to see my, I just got to have so much compassion for the younger part of me and like hold him in medicine ceremonies and breath work and, and trainings and just literally hold myself as mm-hmm. a child and be like, I got you, man. Like you're good. I can be your father now. Wow. You know, I'm your, I'm your father and you are taken care of. You're supported. I mean, it gives me chills just to even talk about. Yeah, seriously. Me too, because, man. <laughs> yeah. Because when we can be our own fathers or mothers, then we can steward our life 
from a place of trust. And then greed won't sneak in. What happens with greed is that people think there's not enough. And so no matter if they get the yacht or, or the five cars or the watches, it's like they're empty. And the reason mm-hmm. they're empty is because greed is part of the darkness. Greed is part of the black side of the yin-yang symbol, of the, the duality. And in that greed, it's a, it's a hungry ghost. Greed can never be satisfied, ever. Mm-hmm. Just like fear can never be satisfied. Mm-hmm. Love can never be satisfied either. Isn't that awesome? I will never have too much love. Right, right. right. There'll never be too much love. Right. right? (laughs) That's a beautiful part of this whole thing. And and I kind of took us off course here, but the whole purpose of what I'm saying is, and what I'm trying to get through to people watching and listening is just do the work on loving yourself. The longer I'm in this wellness space, it's been 17 years, man. The the one thing I want to share with you, if if you want to cut half your learning time right now, begin doing work on self-love. Just Mm. do it. Do the work on self-love. And as you go down that journey of self-love, everything else will start to make sense. And your mm. journey will become easier. Um, you will become stronger, actually. Let me take that back. The journey will become easier. You'll actually grow into such a powerful person that the journey will become harder, but it'll feel easier because you're so much stronger. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh. I literally posted something about that same exact thing today. And I think it was something along the lines of like, don't, don't wish for life to be easier. Like just make yourself better. And like life will... <sighs> You know, because you can't always control what's going to happen to you. We're all going to have shit in our lives. We're all going to, yeah. you know, face the deaths of loved ones and come yeah. under financial trouble. Like it, but if you're better, then those challenges seem easier, but life yeah. really isn't easier when you really look at it, you know? And also think about this. Do we want it to be easy or do we want it to be meaningful? Like seriously, mm. like you guys, if you're watching this, like feel this question right now. Do you want it to be easier? Like if somebody just cut you a check for 10 grand every month and like, here you go, just live. Like part of us would say, hell yeah. <laughs> but, and, and I would say that too. And I think most people would. Right. But the level, the level of our awareness of how much we love ourselves, mm-hmm. that's going to dictate what we do with that money. You might think like, oh yeah, with 10 grand, man, I'd, I'd, my life would be amazing. Are you sure? Because would you know what to do with that money? Would you know that you still love yourself or would you blow that money and can that money be trusted with you? You know, the relationship with money, man, is a trust thing, right? So financial services, people that are in financial services understand that if you're not balancing and taking inventory of your money, then you're going to have trouble breathing. <laughs> you're, you're not right. going to be able to breathe and survive. Money is a form of self-love. Yes. So think about that paradigm, dude. Money is a, form of, a powerful form of self-love. So if we're taking our money seriously, I mean, I even have it right here on my, my screensaver, right? That I'll read to you right now. And it's money is my friend and ally. Ooh. I treat money with love, appreciation, and service. Like that's on there. And it's on there for me because I look at it every single day. Money is my friend and ally. I treat money with love. I treat it with service. I appreciate it mm-hmm. because I want it to trust me, right? And so when people have limiting beliefs around money, money is the foundation in our 3D society, right? First, we have to have security. And security is money. Then we have to have food. Food is also related to money. Actually, we have to have food first. Food, then security. Then after security, we can start giving our gifts and being of service and all these other things. But money is actually the most important thing. And it's funny, I'm 39 years old and I'm saying this on your podcast. And if I could go back and give myself one gift when I was younger, I would just be like, money is the most important thing because money is a mirror of how much you love yourself. I'm not saying that you have to be rich, that you have to earn money that has to stack up in your room. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it's your loving responsibility to earn enough money that you love yourself and that it can be a mirror of that love for you. Mm, Wow, dude, I love that insight. And I'm so glad that you said that because in this podcast, like one of the things that, you know, I used to put in the intro is that like, you know, the show is not all about, you know, money. It's not all about uh, fame, fortune, all the things that we think we want to strive for. It's all about fulfillment. Yep. But I love how you tied money into, you know, what it could mean on a path to fulfillment, what it can mean to a path to meaning and purpose and yeah. treating it as something that's an ally. Because I think for, for me in my own life, when I first started to get on my thing of fulfillment, I was like, ah, money will never make you happy. So like, you know, I shouldn't have to worry about it. Boy, let me tell you, it was a big fucking mistake. Um, but in the end mm-hmm. of the day, like, and I love how you just made that nuance to say, like, don't come at it as, at a place of greed right? Because you come at this place of greed, like that's at least the emptiness. That's what leads to this thing. And I also think too, to add to that is like also the trap of like, once I get this yacht, once I get, you know, my first million dollars, then I'll be happy. Right? Like it's, 
like I'm a big believer of like, you got to be happy and self-loving to kind of say what you were saying before. You have to love yourself first before, you know, you can love yourself with money too. You know, there's one, there's one thing that I do. There's two things actually. The first one is, is I always tend to mention Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know why, I guess, cause in one way I love him and in another way I fucking hate him. Right. Because, because <laughs> I, I love way. him. I love him cause he says such great things sometimes, but then I also hate the fact that he turns people into uh, non-sleeping, non-healthy, self-sacrificing, um, just zealots that are yes. creating content 15 times a day and go, go, go hustle, hustle, hustle. Nope. That ain't, that ain't the way I'll, I'll tell you right now that ain't the way. But what I do love about things that he says is you have to be willing to eat shit for a while. You have to be willing to eat crow for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing in 20 X, same thing in anything that we do. If we have a dream and it really means something to us, universe is going to test that dream. Yep. Universe is going to test that dream on the daily, my friend on the daily. So you have to love something so much. It has to mean so much to you that and it's okay if it changes over time, but you will be willing to eat crow. You will be willing to sacrifice for it. I spent three years um, doing podcasts, doing a lot of the technology myself, just really, really grinding. And if I could go back and give myself one message, I would say breathe more and trust more because everything's going to work out. You can still work just as hard. You can still put the gas pedal down the floor just as hard, but, but you get to trust more and you get to breathe more because everything is going to be. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. And, and I love how you said you can still work hard and you can come from this place of trust. And, and I yeah. think there's a difference too, right? Like there's, you can work hard because you're super excited and you want to contribute and you want to put your gifts out there. But then there's also working hard because like you think you're at like a deficit. And I always think like that ladder is, is something that, at times can be powerful, but like you said, and I think you mentioned this before the show, I don't, I don't think it was on the recording, but you said like when you are stressed about money or like you have like scarcity or lack or something, that's like when you will, will cut corners and test your own integrity and everything like that. But like yeah, yeah. if you come from the place of contribution, like I think it's just, it's, it's much more beautiful and, and it connects you more to that sense of love like you were talking about before. Yeah, this is why I only align with products that are 100% in service of what I believe. Like, I would never sell something, promote something, even have somebody on my show that I didn't think was genuine, was for real, like helping people. Man, there's like keto powders and, and crappy drink mixes out there and just all this stuff that's sold in our wellness space. So when I come across something like a Purium or like an Organifi or like, you know, good brands that Oh, it's 100% organic. Oh, you work with the farmers to make sure that they're taken care of. Oh, you, you actually care about people. You're doing this to help end human suffering. Awesome. I can breathe in. I can sleep at night. I can breathe into that, you know, right. but just, just earning money for the sake of earning money so that I can take care of myself. I don't believe in that either. I believe that even if we're working at a fast food place or we're a janitor or whatever it is, it's, it's connecting back to the self-love. You know, going, going into the moment of like, oh, I hate this so much. I hate this so much. I hate this so much. That's normal. That's okay. That's the universe bringing you contrast. But how are you going to treat yourself and other people when you're in the middle of that vice? When mm-hmm. you're in a job you hate and you're triggered and you don't like it, what's your skill set? What are you building about yourself so that you won't hurt other people and you won't hurt yourself while you're going through the change and the up-leveling of the intelligence to change your career and to love yourself more? Right. I love it, man. I love how you said it's a skill set. Like what tools are you building? Like what are you learning every single day? What are you putting? Yeah. But most importantly, what are you putting into practice? Like I love how you said that. And it's like, even if you're in, you know, those vices, like you said, like if you're able yeah. to carry yourself well, you'll, you'll find your way and you'll, you'll, you know, find, find that mission that you're searching for, you know? This is, this is why in 2020, a huge focus for wellness force is stress reduction, breath work, organics, organic superfoods and foods and mental health. Like those, those three things, that is the focus of everything that I'm creating in the new year. Yes, we're still discovering physical and emotional intelligence, but making sure we're doing proper breath work throughout the day to, so we can go to that foundational piece key, Mm -hmm. making sure we're eating organic foods that aren't, that aren't toxifying our bodies. I mean, food is like the biggest lever for stress, man. If we're eating shitty food, we're going to feel even more stressed out. And then of course, like mental health, right? All these things, the breath work and the food and the mental health, they all go together, right? Mm -hmm. And so those, those three things is really the, what's calling me now. And, and this is for all creators and all fulfillment people be open to your path changing, you know, be Mm -hmm. open to a change. When I started the podcast, man, I was using 
Fitbits and, and aura rings and like all this stuff to coach people online. And I still believe in it, but right. I pivoted, you know, and I'm pivot again. I'm a pivot. I'm gonna keep pivoting because that's, that's how we thrive. That's how we live is we continue to reinvent ourselves. Right. Oh man. I love that. And dude, oh gosh, I I could literally talk with you for probably like two days nonstop. Like it is like, <laughs> we're literally getting it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of course. Um, but yeah, unfortunately we're coming to the tail end of the podcast and I love that you right at the end started talking about what you're doing with wellness force and all the pillars that you're going yeah. after. So for our listeners who are interested in exploring more of wellness force and what you guys are up to and maybe getting involved in, you know, what you have to offer. Um, yep. yeah. Could you, could you tell our listeners more about that? Absolutely. So those three things I mentioned is, is if you feel passionate about any one of those things, learning how to breathe so you can feel good in your body, you can be at home in your body, you can help other people, then go to breathwork.io when you hear this. We have our breathwork programs there. You can download a free guide. I'd love to give your audience a free guide. It's wellnessforce.com forward slash M21. It's six principles. There's a week's worth of breath work in there. It's my gift to you. It's wellnessforce.com forward slash M21. And then the second pillar is this organic foods, right? So we partner with Purium because we actually believe in their product. They help farmers overseas. They deliver organic foods. So if you're interested in consuming healthy products, that's the, the pillar of organic nutrition. And then our mental health is really around just this continued conversation of why are we here? What is our purpose? How do we build our emotional intelligence? What are our life practices for the physical body? Because that's related to mental health too. So, you know, those three things is all that we're about for 2020. And I'm really excited about it because it's a clarity that's come over time, mm -hmm. you know, and, and when I first started, like it, that clarity wasn't there. And I don't think for any of us, it's ever going to be there. We get the clarity by doing the thing. We don't have yes. clarity to do the thing. Oh, Take that home. Gosh. Right. I love that quote, man. That is such a great quote. And yeah, Josh, I really appreciate you putting your message out there because I, I only have people on my podcast too, same to you, whose mission I believe in. And I only allow them to, you know, go out and promote things. If I truly believe that if our listeners actually did the thing, they would see a massive improvement in their life, but not just in their life, but the level of fulfillment that they're going to feel. And mm. so I think for anyone listening right now, who's either on the fence or just kind of like, I don't know if I should go in. I say, go in, check, check his stuff out. If you're interested yeah. even more, dive into it. Cause I guarantee you, if you, if you get involved with, with Josh and everything that he's doing, I, I can, you know, say without a doubt that you'll have a level of fulfillment that uh, will, will serve you for, for your entire life and find that connection of love that we've been talking about this entire uh, podcast episode. So Josh, thank you so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Joe, what a pleasure, man. Thank you. And just a huge honor to all of our relatives that came here and created this for us. You know, our ancestors, the one that came to Ellis Island, yes. the ones that crossed the seas, the ones that actually did all the things so we could be here, like, you know, an honor to them. And I'm grateful to them that you and I get to talk. So yeah, thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man. I'm grateful for that as well. And yeah, it's been awesome, man. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Art of Fulfillment podcast. We really appreciate you taking your time to do so because we know that there's so many podcasts out there and we know that there's so many different people competing for your ears and the fact that we were able to be chosen for your time really means a lot. It means the world to us. So thank you so much. If you are interested in that Conquering Stress class, like I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast episode, go to www.conqueringstressclass.com. $37 to be able to create long-term stress management. And if you don't, I will give you your money back after 30 days. No questions asked. All right, everyone. You can find us at Instagram at Art of Fulfillment, or you can find me on Instagram at Joe Corsione. If you DM me with any questions, concerns, or anything that I can do for you, I will be more than happy to help in any way that I can. All right, my friends. Remember, create a fulfilling life for yourself, and we'll see you next Wednesday.